was dying while you were partying upstairs with all my besties. You really need to get over that. I so will never. I did check on you several times. <laughs> but don't act like you weren't partying upstairs while I was dying downstairs. That's but still the I same. I felt guilty the whole time I was partying. You felt slightly guilty. You felt guilty when, when you remembered. When I remembered. <laughs> when your alarm went off on your fucking phone. It's like, it's oh like, shit, gotta check on my sister oh, downstairs. She's dying, that's right. That's right, that's right. My bad. Love you. Asshole. Welcome to another episode of Dive In Justice, the podcast that explores building ideal communities with our less than ideal selves. I am Delman Jackson. And I'm Shandine Garcia. And today, I know you've all been waiting. We close season three. Sorry about that. We had issues. Um, By we, I mean Delma. You had issues. (laughs) (laughs) You had them too. Anyway, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners who have been Texting, emailing, posting, wondering where the fuck we've been. I'm so thankful you have, we have (laughs) guests, listeners who check in on us because nobody asks me nothing. So that's what's up. Not even your funder? No. (laughs) C-Dub wasn't like, dude, we're sponsoring your fucking podcast. Can you get your shit together? They were like, we'll leave him be. They're better people than my people. I've been trying to tell you that for years. Hey, I only accept it because I love Jenny. There's that. (laughs) There's that. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging with us. So, it has been a minute since we have talked to y'all. I want to say more than weeks. I think we may be at months. (laughs) Sad panda. Don't know what else to say about that. So, let's check in. What's what's been going on? Work world, personal world, crazy world, social world, Mm. Delma world. Delma world. Actually, I don't I, do um, Delma World. I'm a little scared <laughs> to go there. Hang on. I got to put my seatbelt on. I'm putting my seatbelt on. Okay. I'm ready It'll now. Be fine. I'm ready. Um, I don't know. I think from a um, – since it has been a while, I will try to be succinct and just say that um, I was dealing with COVID recently. Don't be succinct. Um, don't be succinct. We do have okay. listeners that really, really, really do want to hear – about you. This is a shout out to you, Eric DeShalis. I know you want to hear what's going on with, with Delma. <laughs> the one listener. Um, <laughs> no, I um, I was dealing with COVID for about a week. Mild. But it is like the fourth time I've had it. And the third time it's been in during the Christmas season. Don't know what that's about, but there it is. Um, I did take a couple weeks this year from work and so i'm thankful i wasn't having to work but also bitter that i lost half of my vacation time sitting on the couch part of what i think i'm taking away from 23 
and moving into 24 with um, is the realization that I am, um, it's been a long time since I've worked in a predominantly white institution and now that I'm back in it, um, I'm realizing it's a struggle for me. There are these often like these really small like idiosyncrasies that um, aren't always easy to pin down. And I'm thankful. Shout out to these two sisters on uh, TikTok who regularly do like one acts as like the corporate leader, the other as the nonprofit leader. And when they talk to one another, that shit is comedic gold. Who are they? Who are they? Let's I give them some love. I will have to look them up. Yeah, look I will them. have to look them up. Uh, Rita actually put me on to them. But the way they embody that sort of white culture, womanhood yeah, yeah. component of it, and the shit they say, oh my God, they got it down pat. And what that does for me, the medicine of that, is taking all those nuances that aren't always so easy to kind of like pinpoint mm-hmm. and they embody them in a way that makes it obvious why you struggle in those spaces. Yeah, that right? deep validation for what you know you're feeling for but real. don't have the words for because yeah. it's so fucking tiny and subtle and then you gaslight mm-hmm. the fuck out of yourself mm-hmm. and then you get to see this mirror and you're all, wait a minute, mm-hmm. that is fucking what happened to me. That shit is real. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um. And so I'm just thinking a lot about who do I want to be in in these spaces, um, what it feels fair to expect of myself and of my colleagues. Um, but the amount of work that I have to do feels unfair. It is unfair. Ways, it is unfair. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, and it's what I signed up for. Right. Yes. And so, yes and no. Yes and no. You signed up to want to do good fucking work with an org that is supposed to be supporting you. You did not sign up to provide all of the fucking teaching for all the white people around you in that org. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, you know, I had a colleague fuck up recently and then reach out and be like, hey, my bad. And I just decided to ignore it. <laughs> like, I didn't even know it's funny. <laughs> I what is that? What is that called in psychology? The positive behavior reinforcement, right? Like, I'm not going to turn around and give them their fucking cookie, right? Yeah. 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 Nah, you, you can thumbs just up and then move on. <laughs> I ain't even thumbs up. Like, I literally did nothing. I'm going to let that motherfucker just hang in there. And I have no fucks left to give at this moment. Um, And I think I will circle back to it. But I think in doing so, you know, part of the conversation is like, hey, um, I'm exhausted and I wanted to take my time and get to this when I felt good and ready to get to it. Let's have it out. Um... But I'm, yeah, I mean, like the theme of this season, in what ways am I complicit in this bullshit? In what ways do I reinforce this bullshit? I still order from Amazon. I'm still eating McDonald's. Um, I'm still 
engaging in behaviors that I know help to sustain the very systems I'm seeking to dismantle. And I want to be able to dismantle systems on my timeline. Yeah. At my pace. And I find myself even like looking at the apartheid right now in Gaza and the violence therein and really pacing myself in terms of how I consume that shit. You know, um, how much of that is good self-care, how much of that is like just a willing sort of distancing. Mm -hmm. Cause I can, you know. Yeah, you got And I just had a white friend of mine. Yeah, I had a white friend of mine be like, you know, I don't want to ever look away cause I know that's my privilege. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I have a lot of those same Mm -hmm. privileges, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm exercising the fuck out of them. And how much of that is the right way to take care of myself? How much of that is um, just not wanting to deal? Mm -hmm. So then can I turn to this white colleague and really trip? If in some ways my behaviors are mirroring there's, um, it gets real complicated for me real fast. And I don't want to be hypocritical. I don't. Because that feels like it makes it worse somehow. I feel like I'm not trying to absolve us of our accountability because we absolutely have it. There are pieces of whiteness that um, the privilege is so fucking glaring that you're shocked that they're not seeing it. You're seeing your privilege. You're aware that it's there. You're not waking up saying, what could I do today? You know what? I should order one more from Amazon because I want to be ultra fucking complicit in the capitalistic mechanisms. Like, there's a, there's a, there, um, it's not all relative. And then in other ways, it is fucking relative. I think our charge is to keep looking for places where we can grow and become, you know, as, as, as Leticia talks of like, what, what does it mean to create safer spaces? What does it create? What does it mean for us to try to be better humans? Um, and what does it mean when we need a fucking break? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we don't have a choice, this is always in our fucking face, is the difference. It's not always in their fucking face. They have to go and put it in their face. And the times when we have to go and put it in ours, it's because we've got muscle memory on what that fucking is. It's not hard to find a bridge to say, I need to fucking understand the complexity of what's happening in the support of Palestine. We have so many fucking bridges to get there. Yes, we have responsibility when we choose to ignore it. And Mm -hmm. it's a whole different thing in that whiteness piece. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I could be just giving myself a get out of jail free card or you get out of jail free card. But I think it's different. No, I feel that. And then, and yeah, yeah, I think um, at the very least, 
it feels important to continuously interrogate the question itself. Yeah. To hold ourselves accountable. And let's 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 further put your example into context. You're swimming in fucking whiteness. You're working in teams that are almost all white. You're working with organizations to interrupt their whiteness. And one of your white people did something to you and they're like, "Hey, my bad." And you don't have the energy to help hold them in their growth is really fucking different than us every now and then getting a little fucking tired about insane um genocide happening mm-hmm. outside of our immediate understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it makes us a hypocrite to not want to, I think it makes us hypocrite. Um, I think there is some, <laughs> is this a word? Hypocriticality. There is some like. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. There you go. I'm like, what's the fucking word? There <laughs> I is. Like, I like hypocriticality. We're going to go with hypocriticality. <laughs> We're just going to make that a Let's new word. That word. Yeah. Let's use that word. <laughs> Um, if we were never to interrogate the things we're ignoring. Sure. Or if we were ignoring them and someone said, hey, dumbass, you understand this shit's going on? And we were to continue ignoring it. Mm-hmm. That's the hypocrisy, a.k.a. hypocriticality, whatever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. the word I was trying mm-hmm. to come up with. Um, My... my a friend of mine told me years, years ago that he, a psychology professor explained to him the concept of schema in this way. So think about a great big sheet, a blank, mm-hmm. sh- like a bed sheet. And you pick a piece of the bed sheet up and that's a schema that you're now introduced to, a schema mm-hmm. of like indigeneity. And then over here, you've got another schema of like BLM, Black Lives Matter con- concepts. And now you got mm-hmm. these two schemas and they're not the exact same thing, but the the way a sheet lifts mm-hmm. like this and these schemas are lifting up all over, right? To inf- And there's one way over there in the corner of that fucking bed sheet that was never lifted before. Mm-hmm. It's lifted. What are we doing with that? I think that's the invitation, but I don't know that it makes us fucking hypocrites to say, I don't have time for your whiteness today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, I'm not suggesting it would be hypocritical to to not address it or to say I'm tired. I think that's fair. I think what I wonder about is when I go to address it, because I will. Oh, is it hypocritical when they say back to you, look at all this other shit you're not addressing in this, this part like, of the world? Like that's yeah, what yeah, comes yeah. up in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, how do I address your shit? And I think the, I think the way... I can avoid the hypocriticality (laughs) (laughs) is to acknowledge the ways in which my own behavior mirrors that which I see in you. Sure. Even as I'm naming it for you. Sure. I can name it for me too. Sure. And and I don't know that you need to fucking name it for them. That's your fucking relationship with that. They're ass. I'm not saying that they're an asshole, but it would be an asshole move of them to say, Look at your fucking shit, and you're not even doing shit for what's going on in Gaza, right? You know what I mean? Like those are fighting words, That's right? <laughs> right? Like no, 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 no. They they can't. If I'm, if I'm doing you a solid and coming to you heart to heart, <laughs> right? And you're pointing person, out where I'm and a you want to come point out my shit. <laughs> now we might need to meet right. in the parking lot. Yeah, I think it's a healthy thing to look at yourself and point out your shit to yourself. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
And to question where, because I'm a, I'm sure I'm a hypocrite all the fucking time and a gazillion other things. Like, especially mm-hmm. in this capitalistic world. Like, don't no mm-hmm. one come into my closet and look how many shoes I have. <laughs> like, and Word. and how many people in Portland, when I lived there, did I, I did my best to help folks who were unhoused. But how often did I have to actually step over humans in my brand new fucking shoot? I'm doing really great. What I checked in last time, I I do feel like I want to do a little bit of a review for for folks because some of it um, is still um, rippling into where I am right now. So we had a bunch of people out to do some pretty serious land rematriation out here. And I can't remember if we talked about it before that, but we planted over 100 trees. We prayed. We walked. We ate. We sang, um, we danced, and lots of people were in town. It wasn't just a bunch of people came out for that. A bunch of people came out for the conference, the National Indian Education Association conference before. I got to see a lot of my sisters and brothers and did two hot air balloon rides um, to look over um, know, the land of my people. It's just It's pretty fucking amazing to be there. Both my boys came out to help, which was awesome. One of my son's quit his job in a fit of righteous rage, which I was so fucking proud of. Mm. And then also knew he needed to keep working. So then hustled like a motherfucker and was, you know, selling and hauling Christmas trees and working mm. Christmas season shit in places. And and then now he's in two weeks, he's about to head to New Zealand where he's going to go backpacking for two months. Nice. Yeah. And then I think I actually really start seriously thinking about what that application of the Peace Corps is going to look like. Um, My younger one came home also for land rematriation. Also, we had a death. My uncle crossed over, and so the family had to come home for a a quick funeral. Um, Mm -hmm. But Zayzay's taken a year off and is just exploring, just doing whatever the fuck he wants to do, man. He went to, worked in Jackson, Wyoming, and went to visit his brother in Boston, went -hmm. to visit friends. I think he's going to go to Georgia for a couple of weeks to visit friends there. Went to visit his grandma in Wisconsin. Went to visit a bestie in Minnesota. I mean, he's just all the fuck over the country Um, Mm -hmm. and happy and Mm -hmm. is starting to kick around Mm -hmm. where he's going to apply to schools. And no one has given him any, at least in my world, has given him any pressure Mm -hmm. on applying or going back to school. We're just supporting whatever the fuck he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's beautifully coming into his own doing whatever the fuck he's got to adult while doing it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm terrified when he was, when he was backpacking, no, when he was camping from Oregon to New Mexico, I was just having a calmly, like just be okay with wherever the fuck he was going and not worry about it, even though I was hysterical all the time. But I remember he said one time he pulled into this campsite that he'd researched. It looked good. No one was there. And then, a crew of all these white men pulled into the campsite mm. right next to him um, mm. and and got out and they were very bro-like. And he was all, nope, like goes into town. Yeah. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> He's not Done. stupid. Yeah. And so that was, um, I, I like knowing 
one that he's makes those choices and two that he tells me yeah yeah both are equally important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was um it was the very it was the hardest christmas even though the christmas was pretty phenomenal I didn't have John Ann around. I didn't have my sister who's in Oregon around. Um, and that was hard. Mm. We both. Mm-hmm. And we, we knew that was going to happen. So we had this compromise. I'm going to go out there in two weeks for MLK weekend. And we're going to do Christmas then. Not the fucking same. Okay. We're not doing that shit again. We're going to come up with some other plan for next year. Where it's just This isn't. This won't do it. Um, luckily, I did get to see her for uh, land rematriation week for a day and a half. Because not luckily. Uh, my uncle died. That's why she came home. But grateful that i got to see her anyway um and she and her whole family are doing beautifully up in portland they're thriving and she's kicking ass where she's working and it's great i just you know it's like not having your right arm for your favorite holiday (laughs) yeah yeah um that and day of the dead it was hard for her being gone for both of those so but aside from that family life is going really well um, and as you know, I'm seeing someone now pretty seriously, which also brings me a ridiculous amount of happiness. Uh, not not who I stereotypically would be dating, and um, mm-hmm. he just makes me happy. Good. Work wise, work wise, I have been navigating the shit that you're navigating. Mm-hmm. There's this mm-hmm. line that I heard. I don't know if I said it on this pod before, but I heard it in some show I was watching. And it was self-respect's a bitch, man. <laughs> if I didn't have to uh-huh. look myself in the mirror, how much easier my fucking life would be. Yeah. But the amount yeah. that my integrity has been questioned in the past two fucking months, mm. I swear to fucking God, to have some woman tell me, question my my positionality and my intentions and doing a fucking land acknowledgement, go fuck yourself. To have clients question, and this is typical, and I fucking know it. Speaking of this, we need to wrap this into our readiness uh, metaphor that you created. I'm now calling it our, because um, I just want to steal credit from you. That's fine. The, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, a piece, listeners, of this readiness metaphor that Delma created, which is around the absolute predictable nature, the predicticality, <laughs> the predictable nature of white people, white agency behavior when doing racial justice work. And I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think there's a missing piece um, to it. It's the methodology, sorry, the predictable way people who get uncomfortable point to our methods, to our methodologies. So if Mm. you're doing something really shitty to me, really racist, not to me, to an organization, and you're leading it, and I'm telling you, we really need to interrogate some of the systems you are using because you are hurting people in your org. Yeah. Or if I say, hey, let's sit down and talk because there are these systems I really need you to think about. Or if I were to say, you just hired a whole bunch of people and about two-thirds of them are going to leave in three years because of turnover. You cool with that shit? And that your response, like white organization response, 
is to not hear a single fucking one of those messages, but criticize every single method I used. It's either A, we used, my team used. It's either A, don't yell at me. B, you said it too softly, I didn't hear you. C, you said it too much in my face, so I really couldn't have, I couldn't listen because you, like, shut the fuck up. When they point to the way in which we do this, I swear to fucking God, I want to strangle somebody. Is the ask in essence for coddling? Is that what they're in essence asking? Two things. I think they want to be coddled, Mm -hmm. but I think they also want to feel good about themselves in, Mm -hmm. in the way in which they think effort needs to manifest. Effort needs to manifest. The way their effort should manifest. They want they want validation that that's the only way they can do changes is the way they the, – on their time frame, through their methods, through their – to which we say, you've been doing that for 20 years and no fucking changes happen, motherfucker. So not only make me feel good about myself but give me permission to do what I've already been doing even though I hired you to help me change it. Yes. Yep. And what that does is it it turns to like our team, it, it turns to me or our team members where all we're doing is looking at ourselves saying, shit, I should have done that differently. Or if I'd said it this way, or if I'd used this word, or if I, the, the mental and physical acrobat, ac, acrobats they're asking us to do, acrobatic moves, whatever, the, the pretzeling, we're having to do yep. with our bodies and brains. Yep. To ourselves, trying to help get orgs to listen to us. It's one thing to do the work. The work is hard anyway. Fine. I signed up for that work. But when your integrity gets questioned, man, that shit's rough. And so in the spirit of this pod I have to make decisions over staying in that lane because I need to fucking pay my mortgage and folks my mortgage is fucking insanely high why because I don't have generational wealth because I had to pay come up with a shit for my own down payments because if it wasn't for my sister one of my sisters I never would have been able to fucking move into this place to fucking begin with so my mortgage is insane because I'm trying to create this fucking space so that I can fucking heal, help create the conditions for people to come heal and rest. So I got to sell my fucking soul to some of my clients who are questioning me every single time I step in the space and wonder, okay, like what's the word? Means to an end? Okay. Okay. But this means to an end is getting tough. It would help a lot if, like, one of the things I miss about working with you directly with clients was knowing that there was someone else on the call that saw what I saw and had the language to articulate it. 
so that we could then spend our energy figuring out not how to pretzel, but how to say what needs to be fucking said. This is what I struggle with. And I say this with all the fucking love in my heart with my current team members. I love them. I will lay down in front of a fucking train for them. Mm-hmm. They don't all have that same skill set, discernment, and um, hard line. Mm-hmm. And so what I end up feeling like, and I'm both apologizing and saying this out loud because I know my teammates, my team members listen to this pod. Um, I want them to feel just as incensed, just as outraged, just as yep. – and I want them to – when I – because I left a client in a fit of righteous rage to steal my son's language. I was like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking them to um, march out the fucking door with me with my picket sign. I'm asking them to hold my hand in solidarity and empathy because I'll hold theirs if they choose to stay in, when they choose to stay in, why they choose to stay in. But I still feel like the guilty fucking asshole saying, I'm the fuck out. I'm not indicting them. I'm not saying have a different type of integrity or have a different type of action or have a different. I'm just saying meet me empathetically, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, it's hard enough to see what we see and experience what we experience. That's hard. But when you're feeling like you're the only one, you can't even get to the part of strategy. You can't even get to the part of how do we handle it. If I have to explain to you, why I'm feeling how I'm feeling. Because, like, there are times where you and I will see the same thing. Now, your response to it might be very different from mine. Mm -hmm. But you didn't have to explain what you saw. Yep. We could talk through why you might respond one way and I might respond another. But we can skip the part about what just happened. Because we both saw what just happened. Right? Remember our client early on? I'm not going to say their name, but I can't remember where they were. Were we in um, D.C. or Boston? Oh, the invite. We didn't go. You mean when we didn't go? No, you ended up not going, and I went with another one of our one of our work oh, colleagues. I think that was Boston. Okay, maybe. like we both had different responses to the shit coming at us. Mm-hmm. It's that exact example because it was horrible. They were like, she was all, I don't appreciate the way Doma's facilitating. I'm all, bitch, mm-hmm. I'll fucking take you out. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped up in this way. You stepped back up in that way. Another colleague came. Uh-huh. Like, they were all different. But all three of us were BIPOCers who didn't have to explain to each other why we were fucking incensed, yeah. why we were so yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. mad, and why yeah. it was so goddamn wrong what they were doing to us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, goddamn, uh, we showed up, and if and they they sent a fucking email about three other fucking bipockers, black and indigenous, who left their org in a fit of righteous rage, but weren't going to tell us, and we were walking right the fuck into their goddamn lion's yeah, den. They yeah. were going to let us walk into that den. Yeah. Yeah. It was a black dude and an indigenous woman. 
And that's exactly who we are and what we were about about to show up. And did not tell us. And didn't give us. And they didn't say shit. We found out because someone leaked it to someone who leaked it to us to be a friend to us. Not because our client. Fuck, man. And that's what I want. I don't need my whole team. Say I had other white people on that team. Mm. I don't need them to quit. I don't Mm. need them to protest. I just want them to match me energetically. Mm-hmm. I get why anyone has to. I get why anyone would stay working a fucking McDonald's in like whatever. People have to make the choices they have to make for their financial security. For th- yeah, fine. But I often and they'll s- s- try to say the right things. Like no, no, we totally understand. We totally get why you have to do that. I'm. Uh, I I know. I know. And I still love you. And I don't. And I. So, yeah. So that. Yeah. So part of what I think I've been enjoying so much about this a little bit of a pause, this break, um, well, meetings aren't happening because people are vacationing, is I am trying to, with my brother and my sister um, and a few other colleagues, am trying to dream into being. Not what it looks like to 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 apply to an RFP or a call for work based on agency or philanthropic need. What do we mm. want to bring into this world? And so, mm. envisioning the courses, envisioning like, and just throwing it out there. Like, there's a reason I never became a professor. Mm. I could. I was sought out. Uh, people constantly say, "Apply, come be a professor here," because I've got a PhD. Blah blah blah. I don't want the. I don't want to be part of that fucking rat race. Yeah. I don't want to have to fucking chase tenure. I don't want to have to tenure. sell my fucking soul. Mm-hmm. I won't. And so, how can I do? How can how can we, with my crew of people, and and my crew of people are dynamic teachers. How can we bring this content out without having to be a part of the system? I think um, K. Yang, is that his name? He he co-wrote the article with um, decolonization is not a metaphor. With, um, yeah, I'm spacing on names. Anyway, I think his last name is Yang. He wrote a book called um, The Third University or Third Space is Possible, something like that. It's essentially where's this world where people can have access to this knowledge that's not grounded in blah, 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 like all the shit, right? Mm-hmm. We're just going to do it. We're just going to start launching some courses. So Jonah's doing an amazing, an amazing course with his bestie, Libby, on the complexity of what the fuck is happening right now in Gaza, right? Mm. Like where he's launching his white educator course. Scott and I are going to launch a course called HR's Policy Violence. We're going to launch – a group of us are going to launch Equity as Praxis and try a 10-part series in that. We're just going to start fucking teaching, which is – a. Both work in my mind, you know, my, my dad just say, what's God's work, right? What's creator's work? Working with agencies that have warriors inside them, 
white and BIPOC trying their fucking best to make change happen. And us coming them and helping that, that is for tr- that is truly creator's work. I just need to balance less of that and more of the the work that I'm not trying to convince. I'm just offering, inviting, and sharing with others. Mm-hmm. I need an 80% non-convincing and a 20% convincing on my portfolio or else I think I may have to stab some humans. Sure. Yep. Oh, baby. That was a long answer to what is going on in my world. It'd be like that. For real. <laughs> Shit. For real. I'm excited for what you all are looking to launch. I'm excited to figure out my place in it. Um, and to assist where I can. I like the I, I like the balance you're describing around the 80-20. Um, <clears throat> Because I think the convincing piece, to go back to what we were talking about with working in these white spaces, working in um, with clients that are sometimes easy, sometimes difficult, um, I think the convincing sometimes can be the most draining or one of the most draining components of it all. Um, because you're ready to like, You know, to quote a founding document, we hold that some truths are just (laughs) self-evident. You know what I mean? Some things need to be self-evident so we can start with a common. Fuck yeah. Right? Fuck yeah. Then we can get into strategy and blah, 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 blah. But if I have to convince you that this is even a thing or I have to explain to you why this is problematic, I'm exhausted before we even get to the work. And I and and I do want to say when the convincing has happened, and not even convincing, because that's not I feel like the convincing is though so it's probably me that's using the wrong language. The invitation to think differently about the way you fucking oper- operate in the world. When I have to like get you to even that place, and when you're there and when you're in and you're all in. You're my fucking person. Mm-hmm. You're my fucking person. And that happened with a huge philanthropic org and a key person who I am very close with now. I didn't know this person two years ago. Mm-hmm. They're coming out in February to spend a week in my home because we mm-hmm. like they were in game. And what I also learned from them in that exchange. But at this age, at this point, at the time of the clock of the world, it has only got to be 20% of my fucking day because exactly of what you just said. The exhaustion is real. And that person better fucking meet me. And they know, they know that their learning was on my back. Yeah. And what a gift to actually be in there with that person and struggling with this person and learning with this mm-hmm. person. Although in the 80-20 world, my sister Mandy has a funny um, – thing that she says do you know what do you remember what a dance card was from back in the day mm-hmm. her funny mm-hmm. thing is she you know you the women wore the dance card around their wrist and you'd have a little pencil and the fucking hetero whatever all the fucking the guys would come in and write their fucking names on it and she would she was like i only got room for five white people in my dance card yeah. i only have energy for five white people 
And she has this funny joke where a friend of hers is dating this white dude and both of them, her friend was white and both of them were on the card. And when her friend's boyfriend was being a jerk, she'd be like, look, you're the fuck off my dance card. I really, mm-hmm. literally only have room for five. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, we all laughed and joked about it because she was being funny. But man, we all walked around the room later. Like, my pockets went away and we're all, how many are on your dance card? Like, how mm-hmm. many are you? <laughs> Mm-hmm. For that same fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah. And to your earlier question or uh, um, imaginings, where does love fit in there? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I want to talk to Taj and others about. Like, am I being non-loving by limiting the amount of fucking people on my card? And I think the question that you're raising. Unloving, about, non-loving, anti-loving, without love. What the fuck is the word? I should, sans, I should, sans, love, sans love. I should not be drinking before I record, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the challenge of centering love sometimes. And as I get older, I understand this more and more, which means I'm more and more confused. Um, love of self has to remain. I know, I know. And so, and I am a firm believer that the most loving thing I can do for myself will also be the most loving thing I can do for another. Those two have to be in alignment or I'm missing something. Um, then I'm missing some shit half the time. I mean, I, I think we need to be, I think that's, I think that whole one, we need to like lean into examples and ask some guests about that exact thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I just think it's insane. So like, it's insanely hard to do. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I don't like know, I, I see it as like a Mount Everest and I'm on the, like, I, I'm not even like, mm-hmm. I haven't even gotten a base camp. Base camp I'm like yeah. looking at REI and what fucking supplies I need. Uh-huh. That, that's where I'm on, on that journey. I, I feel like part of what – I don't know that this was intentional, but if you think about our trajectory, season one, season two, season three. Mm-hmm. Season one, uh, the attempt was to um, look at w- what we're doing and where, where how can we show up and do the work that we're doing. And I don't mean we, you and I. I mean we, the plural we of like mm-hmm. social justice world and still hold on to our humanity. Mm-hmm. Not only hold on, on to our humanity, how can we get to um, embody our humanity at all times? Grow it. Yeah. 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 Right. So, okay. So that's, maybe that's part of like going to REI, <laughs> like going and get the supplies right on this mm-hmm. fucking quest. And if, mm-hmm. and if the next season was actually about what it means to, so if season one was let's start naming it and season two was how do we start to heal it and grapple with it? How do we start to own these pieces of our humanity that we have that we tend to demonize, own our impatience, own our assholiness, own our, our um, um, body's reaction to oppression in ways mm-hmm. that, that, we, that, we, that we don't. Okay, so now we're – okay, we're naming it. We're thinking about it. We're owning it. And now we go into season three, which is – but we still need to make a profit. Yeah. 
So where does that um, rubber hit the road? So if I'm going to show up and be like, when I've got when I've got a client or someone who says, no, you can't um, do a land acknowledgement. A, I have no problem now naming that I'm about to beat your fucking ass, right? Because I'm so fucking angry, right? In my head, <laughs> like right. I'm not embarrassed about the anger that's coming up. I'm not embarrassed about the petty shit that I've already started developing in my head to do to you secretly or like on the side or that I'm saving all mm-hmm. these fucking receipts. But I have to pay my mortgage. Mm-hmm. So what do I do and how do I do it? And I think part of what was beautiful about this past season is our guests had some pretty good fucking shit for us to help us navigate those moments. And I feel like for me, one of the biggest through lines is is with who we kicked off, kicked off with. We kicked off with Jonah talking mm-hmm. about how no one is disposable. Mm-hmm. And the flip of that is like this person who has said, you can't do a line acknowledgement or this person who's like, I don't like the method of the way you brought across our thing or the person who whatever. Um, I tend to think, okay, they're not disposable. I got to invest more time in them. I got to invest more time in them. I got to invest more time in them. I think sometimes Jonah is doing what you're saying with regard to love, which he's saying, you're not disposable either, Shandine. Either. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that point, um, Taj would always remind us or I think one of the things that really stood out to me when our conversation with him was around like there's an inherent paradox in this work. There's an inherent paradox in life in general that needs to be embraced, right? And two things that can be contradictory can still be true. So the question becomes, if you said some hot shit around land acknowledgement to me, I have a physiological response. And in part, part of that is like, I want to whoop your ass, right? That's like part of my physiological response. I want to come for you. That's not the most loving thing to do to you. France for now might argue it's the most loving thing. <laughs> All right. Well, what would Kelly say? I don't know. Like to me, when when Kelly talks about the idea of my I embody the right look. But you don't necessarily want what I have to offer. Right. You just want what I look like. Right. See, that shit, that's the kind of shit that points me back to France. <laughs> I knew and I'm like, yeah, go ahead and whoop her ass. Um, cuss them out. Enact violently what it is your physiology is telling you. But there is a mortgage. Yeah. There is people that need to be fed and blah, 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 blah. And so... I- I think what I like about what Kelly talked about in her episode is she was talking about the pain of that. I mean, you've got this badass queer mm-hmm. black artist who don't play. She mm-hmm. is as real as it fucking gets. And for people to make her feel like 
we really think the way you present is cool, but we really aren't into your revolutionary ideas, which, yeah. for the fucking record, aren't revolutionary. Right. Freedom is not revolutionary. Right. Justice is not revolutionary. That Very minimum shit. Right. That the the pain in our bodies when we know that that's fucking real I only want a piece of you Right. The piece that's palatable and the piece that I can brag to my other friends about. I can point to you as proof of my growth and my evolution and my wokeness. Right. But please, um, please, please don't say or do anything that makes me uncomfortable. Exactly. And I, exactly. I think that's why I like Carolyn's stance when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the quote that I love the most thinking about Carolyn Finney and her work is she says, I don't think I've made a career choice only because of the money. But let me get real. Sometimes if I get some of that money, it means I have the freedom to do what I really want to do. And I don't have to ask permission to do so. That money gives us the invitation to not surround ourselves with people who are just buying a piece of us. So much of the Americana that I'm familiar with Horatio Algiers, the rags to riches, the um, Kennedys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The bootstrap narratives. Not bootstrap, but bootleg narratives. Oh, those ones. (laughs) Got it. Like, I'm going to start off violently working toward legitimacy. Yeah. And not violent means Mm -hmm. of production Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, income making. mm -hmm. Um. It is the idea that if I hustle hard on the front end, if I tap dance on the front end, if I do what I got to do on the front end, maybe I get to a point where I get to do what I actually want to do. And I think the challenge is how do I, and I live with this all the time. I've been a facilitator now two decades plus. And if I didn't have examples of righteous anger around me from time to time, I think I would have lost myself a long time ago in trying to like get the economic piece together. Something would have gotten lost. Say more. Um, being a facilitator for so long used to mean for me bottling up whatever was coming up for yeah. me. Because I'm supposed to be helping you come to a certain place and it's all about you. Yeah, you're dancing the exactly way they can accept the dance. Yeah. And my feelings be damned. Correct. Right. It took moving in spaces where I watched either participants or even sometimes really powerfully some facilitators. I got a chance to see some of them bring their whole or at least more of themselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. into those spaces than I had learned Mm -hmm. how to do. And then watching a facilitator go in on somebody 
in a way that was like both inviting, but also honest as fuck. Yeah. And realizing I don't have to compromise so much of myself, right? I need boundaries. <laughs> I can't just go <laughs> grabbing people. But it also doesn't mean I have to like shut my mouth. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. If I hadn't had those folks in trying to get the money to be free, who would I have become by the time I got there? Yeah. And would I even be chasing freedom at that point? Yeah. You know? It's a hell of a move to make. And... I'm thinking all the time about what it means to like navigate this shit as a black person, as a black cisgender male. You have to do this work with white folks. And it's been my experience that so often we as global majority people become the consciousness of predominantly white institutions. Like if you're part of a PWI, you end up inadvertently becoming their conscious. No question. Absolutely. Right. And, it, and and I mean, people even have, what would Sean Dean do on stickers on their fucking computers? <laughs> I bet they do. I'm all, don't fucking do that. Don't do that. I, don't do that to me. I bet they do. Which is a And don't do that to yourself. Right. Don't do that to because yourself. Because you're dismissing your own yeah. ability to do this yeah, work. Yeah, you're, and not even ability, um, res your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So go back to your own. Don't come to me for consciousness. Go into your own because I'm thinking about Jenny as a guest. I'm thinking about Jenny as a human, as a friend. And one of the things that she talked about when she was here with us is this idea that like, hey, as a white person, as a white woman, I have my own moments of that sort of like those physiological responses. I have my own moments where my anger is on 12. I have my own moments where my blood pressure is through the roof. And I understand what it means to like not dump that on global majority people. Mm -hmm. But I have it. It's here. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what does it mean while I'm doing the work, while you're doing the work, while you and I can consult with one another, support one another in doing the work, and the Scots and the Jonas and the Khalifs and the Lorries and Yania and Rita. Like, we have our teams and our spaces mm -hmm. And even in that, there's complexity around identity. Even in that, we need to be able to break off into subsections and smaller like groups and have spaces where it's just the guys, quote unquote, talking, mm -hmm. or it's just you know the black folks around anti-blackness and all of that. Like all of that needs to be part of this because if white folks don't learn to have their own spaces, spaces that aren't <clears throat> MAGA, spaces that aren't <laughs> neo-Nazi, 
Like if a good, good liberal white folks don't learn how to have those spaces with one another, we're fucked. I mean, that's why we want this mending work to 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 get funded. I mean, the arcs of this mending work is um, we're trying to we're trying to figure out how to how 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 do we mend the arc that's been broken through whiteness and the the metaphor that we're using from our mentor Norma is we've got to heal back first. So BIPOC healing spaces, white healing spaces, so we can imagine forward where we start practicing being in spaces together. Why? So that we can fucking act right in the present. But we can't do this. I agree with you. We can't do this without each other. Like Mm -hmm. people who don't know us well and hear us talking think that we're anti-white people. That's different than being anti-whiteness. That and 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 that discerning is so fucking hard for people to understand, and so I'll meet people who I've worked with for you know maybe a month or so, and they'll say, "Oh my god, you have white friends." I just want to gut punch them. Like we're not saying this is work that we're <laughs> trying to do solely. I'm not. And I am saying in the gut punch, that's why you're not on my fucking dance card. That's why I can only take five of you at a fucking time, man. Yeah. Because the amount of time and effort it takes to get you there. Like, I got to I got to I got to bring on new dance partners one at a time, man. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which which leads us to why we're doing this to begin with. So my my big question is. You know, do we have any conclusions? Are we any closer <laughs> to truth? Um, I think in some ways, for me, all of this points back to what I feel like I'm left with, if you will, is reflecting in what Taj had to say mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. This shit is complex. It's paradoxical. Multiple things often come up at any given moment. And as much as I love feeling competent and like I know exactly how to address any given situation, I know how I should show up. I want to feel that way. I often don't. I often feel the weight of the complexity of the moment. And the pull and push of how much of this is my bullshit? How much of this is your bullshit? What am I responsible for? What am I not? Right? I think for me, I really want to work on being okay with the fact that there will often be no easy answers. Fuck it. I that, want, fuck it. I want the easy answers. I want it to be love. And I want our next season guest to just solve it for us. So, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, no pressure, no. future guests. None. I don't want to talk about... I, I think love is the answer to what you just said. I don't know how to get there. I don't understand the shades and the complexity of love, but I believe in the power of it. And I don't mean just Agreed. love for others. I, like, I, I'm hearing you on this love for self. I'm I'm hearing, like, and... Mm-hmm. Well, shit, give me the magic fucking pill. Yeah, we we would all love the magic fucking pill. All right. To be sure. So listeners, 
Do your job. Step the fuck up. <laughs> Make the pill. Solve the problem. Solve the problem. Um, I got shit to do. They got to solve it, man. No, you're right. We're busy people. That's why it took us so long to record. <laughs> so busy. Um, you're very, very important. <laughs> <laughs> I have fun uh, this season as crazy as it was getting on the same page it's been a blast and we're gonna have to work on your love hangover your confession hangover your hangover also listeners I didn't feel him really confess deep confessions just saying so you mean pressure like, pressure period? pressure pressure Today, what are we talking about? In general. I'm in just saying. general. In general, you should be feeling the hangover too. I just don't think I care as much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do. Like, okay, I just assume... okay, then, okay, then my work is to care less about what other yes. people think when I reveal deep, dark shit. Do you ever get like, do people reach out to you later and be like, oh my gosh, Shandine, did you just say that for real? Or I can't fuck with you no more, Shandine, because you said this thing? I wouldn't know. They've just dumped me. (laughs) Have you noticed? (laughs) Have I noticed? I should look at my friend numbers. I should go back and look at my Facebook friend numbers. And just kind of see how many you've lost along the way. No, I, I'm no, guessing no, 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 and nor have anyone said it's been terrible. I just, it's really hard to be this open about stuff that we don't, we're not used to in spaces. Like we're not used to creating this in spaces. I think I would feel it more in front of an audience. We do have a fucking audience in front of a live audience like if we, we have a live audience the they're not dead i'm you just fucking with I mean. you i know i'm just fucking with you <laughs> to sit on the stage with you and have some of these conversations you know what's interesting i'm the opposite you would feel more comfortable a hundred percent interesting all right then let's maybe find some time to do an episode in front of an audience done and see how that goes let's do it Season four. Season four. Let's let's love. talk about love. Talk about love. Also, what's up? Don't forget to check out. We had a bonus episode. Yeah, we did. It was badass. So, if you are at all familiar with the Center for Hope communities, we have an awesome team there, and one of our team members, Samara, dropped a beautiful, beautiful piece. That really captures a lot of the complexity, the horror of the Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict. And um, she comes into this conversation as a Jewish woman who has a lot to offer and um, a lot of perspective, uh, a lived experience, right? And... As a as a mother, watching the horrors play out, and the fact that a large, large portion of the population in Gaza, in Palestine, 
our children and acknowledging that, right? Um, check it out. It dropped on December 6th and it's called An Empty Swing. It's about 10 minutes long. So it's not a long listen, but you will find it where you find our podcast. Um, and we strongly encourage you to go check that out if you haven't. And share sure. it. And share it. Check it out and, and share, share it. it. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. I have Absolutely. enjoyed it too. I've learned. Um, I actually, I felt more the through line of what we're doing with this season than the than the previous two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel mm-hmm. it's gotten under my skin in ways I didn't anticipate. Both the you're welcome. Shut it down. <laughs> I meant to our listeners. I mean, I've got Taj's um, that recording and what he said still still in my head often. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I think I think I think it's been a decent season despite the fact that Delma and I can't get our recording shit together to save our fucking <laughs> lives. To save our fucking lives and that we're the worst promoters on the planet. On the planet. Hands down. Yeah, I'm Hands surprised down. we even have listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So those of Me you too. that are still listening right now at this moment on the recording, thanks y'all. Appreciate y'all so much. It has been wonderful. Do we have any sense of when we want to launch season four? I mean, I have a sense. What's your sense? Because <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed us- to stop in like early November, give ourselves yeah. the whole winter season and come back in yeah. March. But it's yeah. already January one. You want to aim for April? Yeah. Spring? Is that spring or is spring May? I don't fucking know. Who knows? Who cares? Who cares? Let's try Let's after after Passover. After Passover. At Passover is when? I think the third week in April. Okay. So late April. Yeah. That sounds good. Let's do that. That sounds good. So listeners, community, thank you for taking this crazy ass ride with us in season three. Um we so appreciate you. We so appreciate our guests. Also, guests, since you know our, we don't have the full um, pithy catchphrase for what our next season is going to be about. Um, love something for the love of love. Love mm-hmm. evades. Help us get love. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be. But if you <laughs> please know. Please love me. <laughs> please love me. <laughs> please help me love Delma. He makes me crazy. Um, could you. Um, Message us if there are people who you know would be great to have on. Yeah. Yeah. I want um, Kim Tallbear, Dr. Kim Tallbear, no question. Make it happen. Uh, well, I think Dr. Finney's her, one of her buddies. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Carolyn, it's on you, Doc. <laughs> Let's get it. Do our job for us, please. All right, friends. <laughs> all right y'all love you uh, look for us in late april we love y'all and we look forward to re-engaging this community peace soon. peace 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 dive in justice is a co-production of the center for whole communities and shoreline consulting the center for whole communities exists to build capacity at the individual organizational and community level to deepen awareness embrace differences and value relationships 
thus making change possible. Shoreline Consulting co-constructs solutions and strategies that align with your goals and leverages the voices, perspectives, and wisdom of those who stand to benefit. For more information on Center for Whole Communities, find us at wholecommunities.org. For more information on Shoreline Consulting, visit us at thinkshorelines.com. Dive in Justice theme song created by Nasir Thomas Jackson. Jenny Cotting helps us out with marketing and promotions. Thank you all so much. Without your effort, this show would not be possible.